Good evening, good evening. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Happy February, no? Nobody's excited? It's February? Yeah, Valentine's. <laughs> I had like half people go, boo, love stinks. <laughs> love is hard. All the older students know love is amazing. I love love. All right. Well, <laughs> I love love. <laughs> Well, good evening. Uh, my name is Eli. For those of you who don't know me, I am still fairly young and just graduated from college this past December. Blessed to do that. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm just not going to touch this mic. I'm just going to leave it like that, I guess. Can y'all still hear me? If I just leave it like that? I feel like it's messed up. It's not right, right? I have to adjust to my head. Marcus has a smaller head than me. I have a big head. Because I'm so arrogant. No, I'm just kidding. I am, I am. I'm stubborn too. I'm not going to lie. But that's, Jesus is working in me every day. Um, well, good evening. I'm super excited. I do not have much time at all to do it. Okay, I'm super excited to be with you all this evening. Um, and I say it every week. I'm so happy to be a part of Calvary. And I say it every time I come up here. You all have the best youth pastor in the valley. Legit. And Marcus, do not take for granted. I love that guy so much. He's done so much in my life, and he continues to do so much in your life. Just behind the scenes, I promise you, it's, it's amazing what this, what this man does. He's an inspiration to a lot of men like myself. But Marcus, wherever you are, we're, we're blessed to have you, man. Um, and keep praying for that project. It's, it's awesome. Marcus, I'm telling you, is working so hard on this project. Like, it, it, I see it, and I'm just like, I don't ever. He discouraged me. I don't want to be a youth pastor anymore just because he's doing that. No, I'm kidding. But I'm going to get right into it. This series has been so cool for me because growing up, thinking of the word holy and holiness wasn't much of a thing. I didn't really think about it. You know, you always hear do good and do bad. But I love the word that we're using for this series, this idea of holiness and what it means for us and this idea of pursuing holiness. You know, a lot of people pursue different things, but this mentality of, of teaching us, teaching, teaching myself to pursue this idea of holiness has been really good for me, and I know it's been good for you. And so just to kind of recap these past few weeks, we've been talking about, well, first of all, what is holiness, right? Well, holiness is being set apart from sin, right? And then holiness is being set apart to live for God, okay? So that's kind of what we defined as holiness, this idea that we're being set apart from sin, which is sin means kind of missing the mark. Sin means separation from God. So being set apart from that, and then being set apart to live for God, because when we're set apart from sin, we are set apart to live for God. Then we talked about the standard of holiness. Well, what is the standard that we need to be looking at? You know, what, like, what, what, what's the level that we need to be pursuing? Like, what, where, where do I say, okay, I've reached holiness? Well, it's the most impossible standard that we'll never reach, and that's the standard that God has set. God is the standard of holiness. He is perfect in holiness. He says in Scripture, be holy, as I am holy, which is impossible for us because we're human beings with a sinful nature, right? But still, he calls us to be holy. And then last week, Marcus talked about the story of the woman who was caught in adultery, who was going to be stoned, and we talked about the cost of holiness and how Jesus looked at this woman just like he looked at us, and he took our sin upon himself, he took our sin upon himself on that cross so that we might become holy 
He calls us to holiness. The cost of that, we talked about in C group time. Man, have you ever thought about what it meant? Like, we look at the cross sometimes and we just think, oh, salvation, but we don't really see all the blood that's on it. Like, the gross imagery of, like, a body, you know? Like, it was ugly, man. It was, it was gross. That's what it cost. That's how much it cost. It cost a life, a perfect life with a man who knew no sin for us to become holy. And so this week, uh, we're going to continue with this idea of pursuing holiness, okay? And in order for us to kind of, for me to kind of set up what we're going to talk about, I have this cool little clip that I think kind of gives us a better idea of what I'm going to talk about tonight. So if you guys have the clip, can you roll it, please? Okay, so <laughs> I want to keep watching it. No, that is the Emperor's New Groove Academy Award winner. I don't know if it is. I'm just kidding. I'm not a movie critic, but it's an amazing movie. I totally recommend it. And so this character, his name is Gronk? Kronk? Kronk, sorry, I'm a football player. I think I'm Gronk. Kronk, Kronk. Uh, his name is Kronk, and he just threw over this dude who was the emperor. His name is Cusco, and Cusco had just been turned into this llama. It's a long story. It's super dramatic. And, like, he's, like, sees the bag flowing down, about to fall down in the waterfall, and he goes, he's about to die. And he kind of goes back, and he's like, oh, what do I do? And then all of a sudden, these two little people come up, like the angel and the devil, and they start kind of talking and, you know, just like, are you really going to let him die? And the devil's like, I don't listen to that guy. Like, he's trying to lead you down this, like, righteous place. I'm going to lead you down to a place that's really cool. Whatever, right? Like, and I think that that is a pretty cool picture of what we go through as Christians. Now, we don't obviously have, like, an angel and, like, a demon always there looking at us. Like, that's, that's not the case. But we understand that even though we are redeemed in Christ, right? We just talked about it right now, that he paid the price for us, and now we're alive in Christ, we're redeemed. The enemy still wants to battle with us in order to tempt us and distract us, okay? Because we still live in this broken world. We still live in a world that's full of temptation and sin all around us. So just because we've been redeemed in Christ doesn't mean that we just stop fighting. You get what I'm saying? The enemy's still attacking us. I mean, every single day, I know that I'm being attacked. And it's, it's the worst because sometimes we fall into it and sometimes we don't. And it gets really frustrating. And so tonight, what I'm going to talk about is the battle for holiness. The battle for holiness. As we pursue holiness, there is this battle that's going on. And as I mentioned, we live in this world that's full of sin, full of attacks from the outside that is is tempting us, things that the world deems that are good, but that God sees as unholy, like unfit for us who are pursuing holiness. You know what I'm saying? And so as we live in this world, we also have to understand and accept 
two different scenarios, so two different realities that I believe every single human being on this world is a part of. There's two different ones. They, they, have, they belong in one or the other. And the first one, I think, can be summed up by this picture that's, that's going to show up right now. Y'all see the photo? Is it up there? What does it say? Well, my life is falling apart, yeah, but I just don't care. So we see this little girl there, and like she's like smiling, like, what's up? And then like there's a whole fire in the back, and like craziness happening. And I think that that is a reflection of those who are not in Christ, okay? Those who are not in Christ, they couldn't care less about God or about holiness, they just sit there, and there's all this chaos going on in the background, and they're just kind of like, eh, I'm alive, right? They don't care. It doesn't hurt them. It doesn't affect them. Like, for example, let's say there's a dead body right here, right? Like, it's dead. Like, it's lifeless. Like, I get this guitar or something, and I hit it super hard. Is it going to feel anything? No, right? Why? Because it's dead. It's dead. It won't feel anything because it's dead. It has no life in it. And that is the way we got to view these people like this little girl. Okay, I'm not saying like she's evil, right? It's just a meme. Like she's just a little girl that got caught up in like a crazy picture. But think about that image. There are dead people walking around that have no idea or don't care about holiness. They don't care about God because they're dead. They haven't received the gift of the gospel, the gift of salvation through Christ. But then there's another scenario, which I believe is most of us here. Those of us that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ live in this scenario where we are alive in Christ. We're not dead, so if I, if I hit you right now, you would feel that for sure. Like, you get a big bump on your head for sure. Because you're alive. There's blood flowing through you. Spiritually, you're alive as well. That's why it'll affect you. That's why sometimes when you mess up, there's this, oh, why did I do that again? Oh, my goodness. Why do I keep falling into this temptation? Or why do I keep, oh, I hate it. Because it's physically and spiritually hurting you. You can feel it because you're alive in Christ. And the enemy is continuing to attack you. And these little bumps and scars all over the place. But... I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. And I'll tell you why. Because I'd rather be battling and hurting, knowing that I'm alive in Christ, than being dead in my sins and not caring at all. And we're going to be in Romans 7, 21. I'm going to read this verse. It's going to be on the screen really quick. And it says this. And this is Paul talking. And he says, in verse 21, he says, So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Okay, so here we are, Paul. He's saved. He has Christ in him, and he's pursuing holiness, yet we also see that Paul is struggling. 
And that brings me to my first point, which is very obvious. Number one, there is a battle for holiness. That does exist. That's a real thing. That is a real thing. And everybody battles with different things. Everybody battles with, with their own temptations and sins in their lives. And it happens in my life, like I'll be the first one to admit, it's, it happens so regularly that it's predictable. Like I know. Like the moment I decide to do good, sin is there to mess me up. And even though I love Jesus with all my heart, I truly like delight in God's commands. It's pretty obvious that some of my other body parts or like some of my other sections of my heart don't delight in that. They delight in, in different things and things that aren't holy. They're a part of me that wanna rebel. And when I least expect it, like they take charge. It's when I have my guard down the most that they take charge and it hits me hard and you fall and you realize, oh shoot, I didn't even, like has that ever happened to anybody? Like all of a sudden, like you're walking, bam! Like I not see that coming. Like it's the worst feeling, man. Like it's happened to me so many times getting hit in the face. Dude, straight up, at the, at the Nerf thing, we had a Nerf war, right? And hey, and the guys that weren't there, y'all missed out. And straight up, the worst feeling, okay, so I'm not gonna say who it was, Josh Gornetti, but I'd be, I'd be walking, I would be, oh, man, I still get angry. Like, I still, forgiveness, 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 forgiveness. Okay, Jesus, Jesus is my life, okay. <laughs> I'd be walking, and straight up, like, like, point blank, oh, it get me so annoyed. Like, I woke up with bruises. Okay, I didn't wake up with bruises, but it was so annoying just knowing that, like, I thought everything was okay, we're about to eat, and, I, you know, we had some good food, and I just hear, pass, and I'm like, what? Like, I did not see that coming. And that happens sometimes in our life, too. When we're trying to pursue holiness, it just hits you, bam. And it sucks because you're like, oh, my gosh, here I go again. But if you're alive in Christ, there should be this tension of hating sin and trying to do what is right. I think it's a sign or an assurance of your salvation. And I want to be careful when I say it because that's a, that's a heavy statement, but... I do believe that if you are being convicted of something or something's really bothering you, like sin, that you hate it and you keep doing it, that, like I mentioned, I'd rather be going through that than being dead and not caring about Jesus at all. So I want to encourage you, like, yes, you're going through this. Yes, there are battles for holiness, but that's a good thing, okay? Because that means that you are pursuing holiness, and that means that the enemy is looking at you and saying, man, this guy is really trying to pursue Christ. I got to try and distract him because the promise that Jesus gives us is that the, 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 the devil, the enemy, can never take us away from Jesus. Once you've been redeemed by Jesus, he says that nobody will ever take him out of my hand. We have the promise, the seal of the Holy Spirit that assures us that we will be his forever and ever and ever. Amen. But, but even though the enemy can't steal you from Christ, he can definitely try to steer you away from holiness. He can definitely do that because we still live in this world that's broken and he still had, and God sovereignly still gives him dominion over the world and allows him to do what he wants to a certain extent because we don't live in this perfect world. And I have a question for you. Are you battling for holiness? 
Think about it. Are you battling for holiness? When you sit down in that chair and you think, okay, am I battling? Like, when was the last time I actually felt, you know, convicted or wrong when doing something? Have any of y'all ever gotten, like, numb to sin before? You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, no, I just, I just keep messing up. There's really no hope for me. Has that ever happened to anybody? It's happened to me before, and it's the worst feeling in the world. But the promise that Christ will sustain us is always there for me. And I know that even though in this moment it doesn't feel like I'm battling for holiness, the victory's won, and he's there. And I will continue to live on and be assured that in this battle for holiness, there are going to be ups and downs, but I know that it's a good idea, that it's a good thing because it shows that I'm his. You know what I'm saying? And say, so, okay, you're saying, okay, so there's this battle, right? Okay, cool, Eli, whatever, the battle. Okay, well, where does it happen? Where does it go on? And I'm sure, you know, we think of different battle wars, whatever, like there's different maps in Call of Duty and all this, like Nuketown and all that, but no, the battle very simply is fought right here in this next photo. It takes place where? In our heart. Our, 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 our heart. That is where the battle takes place, in our heart. Why? Because from the heart, everything comes out. Whatever's in our heart, that's what's going to come out. You feel me? Picking up what I'm dropping? Yeah? All right, you don't believe me? Let's go to Mark 7, 21 through 23. I'm not even going to say it. I'm just going to read you the scripture. Verse 21. From within, for from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and they defile a person. The battleground is in our hearts. The enemy is going to continue to attack us from the outside, right? continue to attack us from the outside. But that's not where, where we're fighting. We could do so much. I mean, if we lived like this the whole time, <laughs> we'd be running into things. We wouldn't be able to live, right? And if I kept closing my ears and shutting my eyes, like if I try to shelter myself from the world, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. But that's not even what we should be worrying about. We should be, what we should be worrying about is our heart because that's where the battle is being fought. The battle of holiness is fought in our heart. And sin works within our desires. The devil's sneaky. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So what we desire, he's going to use that to manipulate us and, to, and use it to, to try to steer us away from holiness. Even good things, man. That's what's so annoying. Oh my gosh, this devil, like I, I hate the devil. But he will take something that's good that God deems as good, like relationships or, or good, you know, parents, family. Like we all have this kind of general consensus that no, that's a good thing. Like the family, it's a good thing. I love my parents. But he can still take that and trick us in a way that it becomes our idol 
it takes our focus away from, you know, holiness. I mean, just next week, it's going to be Valentine's Day, right? Valentine's Day is a huge day. It's going to be a huge day next week. A lot of people, some hate it. Some people don't. I don't know, whatever. Like I said, just in the very beginning, half of you booed Valentine's. You know, at UTRGV, there's a I hate Valentine's Day party. <laughs> clap. You, why would you clap for that? <laughs> An I hate Valentine's Day party. No, but what saddens me is that on this day, there are going to be millions of people that I know are going to be hurt and that I know are not going to win the battle of holiness. I know it. Because especially in the USA, we've taken that holiday and turned it into a lot of different things that is not what it's, you know, about love. Like we take the idea of love and we turn it into something that's totally opposite of what love is supposed to be. And you see it, there's hearts all over the place, the candies and the the balloons and the teddy bear with the heart. Bears kill you. I don't know why you would want (laughs) to, like, bears kill you. Like, oh, I love you so much. Here's something that would destroy you in real life. Okay. But nobody thinks about that, right? Like, I would have loved, I mean, I'm not going to lie. One time I gave my Valentine like a panda. And she was like, oh my gosh, I love it. And then like, if you think about it, pandas like kill, kill things. But, but I was a panda in a band. And so like, it was cute, you know, whatever. <laughs> they loved it. <laughs> but, but that's what's, that's, and what's, what's scary, what's even more scary is that our heart can blind us. Like our heart is so deceitful. Oh, because we desire things so bad sometimes, like, man, like, but your desires do change as you get older. But our heart is so deceitful. It lies to us in so many different ways, and it's annoying. But that is where the battle is taking place. That's why it's so hard sometimes. We can't even search our own hearts. We lie to ourselves all the time. Trust me. Like, I always, like, I'm trying to eat healthier, but I'm really not. And... (laughs) I always say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go into a donut shop, and I'm like, I'm not going to have a donut, like, at all. And I go to this donut shop and, like, walk up with, like, six. And, like, I already ate them all. And, and what's, what's funny, it's because it's delicious. But anyway, and what's funny is that I, I'm trying to eat healthy with a friend of mine. I'm not going to say his name, Josh Cornetti. And <laughs> we, we'll go to, like, a, a <laughs> we have this joke, and it always makes me laugh. But if you think about it, he's just lying to himself. Um, I have permission to say this. Don't worry. I'm not just going to throw it away. But we'll go to, like, Chick-fil-A, right? And he said, <laughs> says, oh, these fries are keto. I was like, mm, I don't think that's keto, bro. Like, these fries are keto. I'm like, what are you drinking? Oh, water. And I look in his cup, and it's, like, black and, like, carbonated. And I'm like, bro, that's not water. He's like, actually, it is. It's just carbonated with some sugar in it. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, you're lying to yourself, bro. That is not, I mean, is it water? Like, and I, I get confused, and I'm like, I guess I can drink Coke, right? And I get a Coke. But we lie to ourselves all the time. Like, we, we, we try to justify our little desires. Listen up with me, guys. Stay with me. We, we, we try to, 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 like, change it up until, oh, no, it's, it's okay, right? And, and that's how we set up for failure in our battles for holiness. That's where we set up failure. Like, we're, we're set to fail. Because our desires, keto fries, don't exist. You know what I'm saying? They, it's not real, okay? It's, it's bad for you. It's just bad. It's unhealthy. And 
Like I mentioned, our hearts are unsearchable. We can't even look inside our own hearts because we just lie to ourselves. Okay, so what do we do, right? Seems like this is impossible, Eli. You're telling me all these things, and I don't know what to do. Well, it's very simple, and I've said it plenty of times before. You ask God to search our hearts because we've just realized that, yeah, I, I lie to myself. There's a battle going on in my heart, and I'm, I deceive myself so many times, and and even when I look into my own heart and try to decipher what's wrong and good or what's, what's the battle that's going on in my heart, I lie to myself and pretend that it, it's something that it's not or it's not something and it is. So who can really understand our hearts? Like, who can help us? Like, what, what do I do with this situation? You ask God to search our hearts. Jeremiah 17, verses 9 through 10, says this. The heart is deceitful above all things. See, I told you I didn't make it up and desperately sick, desperately sick. Who can understand it? I'm going to stop right there real quick. I know the, the whole thing is there, but think about that. Our, our heart is deceitful above all things, above everything. The one thing that makes us live lies to us. The one thing that is our core is lying to us. It's deceitful. It's desperately sick. Sick. Who can understand it? Verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. So who knows us better than we know ourselves? God. Why? Because he made us. Duh. He created us. Of course he's going to know every little intricacy and little detail of our, of our lives and our hearts and our minds. He knows our thoughts before we even think them. That's how big God is. And that's how big he deserves our respect and honor. And once we ask God to search our hearts and once he reveals what needs to be revealed, I think we have to go on the offensive. We go on the offense. We create boundaries. Okay, God, you revealed this to me. Thank you so much. I didn't even know that was a part of my life. I didn't even know that was a sin. I didn't really, I thought I was doing okay, but now I realize that I was just covering it up. I was just pretending that it wasn't, but now you revealed that sin to me. So what do I do? Okay, let me go on the offense. The best playbook that we have for offensive plays is the Bible. That is the best playbook we have. Some of it's kind of scary. Cut off your right arm. Okay, I'm not going to do that, right? Like, if your right arm causes you to sin, cut off your right arm. But think about it. Well, what can we do that's practical today? You're struggling with pornography. You're struggling with viewing things online. You're struggling with idolizing the Kardashians on Instagram. Yes, that's a sin. What? Yes, it is. What do you do? You don't cut off your right arm. What can you do? Why don't you put that phone away? Why don't you block that account? Why don't you set up fillers? There are ways, right? And that's where the battle starts going on. This is where you start dueling and fighting and duking it out, you know? Okay, older, older people who have boyfriends or girlfriends, get this. If you know that you're going to a friend's house for a Bible study that's not really a Bible study, and you know that you're going to read the Bible with just one other person, and that's a young man or a young woman, and nobody else is going to be in the house do not go. Like, come on. Y'all are smarter than that. Be on the offensive. Don't be on the defensive. Don't, don't, don't get there and all of a sudden have to start fighting away temptation. 
Cut it off from the very source. Don't even go. We have the promise of the Holy Spirit to help us in these moments. And one decision, you guys, I promise you, oh my goodness, I cannot stress this enough. One decision can make the biggest difference. I can, like, man, man, when y'all get older, y'all talk to me. Because, like, any decision that you make in your life, like, even in college, will impact the rest of your life. Any small decision, man. Even, it's, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, what's his name? There's this Marine dude that, like, gave the commencement at UT. Uh, Marcus showed it to me on the way back from Austin. We, we, went, we had just got out of a, a conference for youth or something. And he's like, start off every day by making your bed. And I'm like, that's dumb. <laughs> I'm going to mess it up when I get home, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why would I do that? But, but, but that, one that one decision, that one task set up the rest of the day for him. So even if you have a bad day, you come back home and your bed is made and it's clean and it's, okay. It's, it's strange, but it's, it's a psychological thing. It's really, really strange. So one decision can change the whole, like the whole, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The end result of, of anything, your life, your relationships, I mean, your careers, your walks with the Lord, most importantly, one decision can impact everything. But sin has been defeated, amen? It has been defeated, and we must live in that victory. You grab sin and fight it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Christ has equipped every single one of his children, every single one of his children, those that he has redeemed and saved, he has equipped to put on the armor and to battle it out. And you will have victories, but you will also have days where you fail. But we can cling to this promise that is one of the sweetest promises that I'll ever know. And that's in Philippians 1.6. Because it's that he who began a good work will carry it on to completion until the day that Jesus Christ comes back. So yes, we will battle in this life. Yes, it will be hard. But be encouraged because we have the gift of the Holy Spirit to sustain us. We have... The, the word of God to guide us. We have other brothers and sisters in Christ that will, that will keep us accountable, that will encourage us. And we're not gonna be perfect ever, ever, ever in the time of our lives in this world. The only time we'll ever be perfect is when Jesus comes back and he completes it or when we die and go to heaven and be with him. So remember, as I close, yes, there is a battle. It's fought in the heart. And the best way to be on the offense is to ask God to search our hearts. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time. I ask that as we, we close and, and end this evening that you continue to just convict us, Jesus. I don't know if we ask enough for you to search our hearts, but we need to be asking it every single morning, every single night, every single breath that we take that you search our hearts. Is, that's what we should be asking so that you can reveal to us where it is that we're struggling and where it is that we need to set up an offensive play or, or boundary for us to fight that battle as we pursue holiness and continue to seek out what it means to be holy for your glory and your glory alone. So your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Eli. Yeah. Hey, man. So great job tonight. I, uh, I took a lot of notes. Check this out. Look. Are you proud of me? I wrote down everything you did wrong. Okay, we'll talk about it tomorrow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, man, great job tonight. And, man, I just am really encouraged. Um, you know what? Listen, here's the deal. 
So like when you follow Jesus, the battle to live for God is real. When you don't know Jesus, there's no desire to live for God. So there really is no battle at all. So those of you who know Jesus Christ and want to live for him and be holy, like he calls you to be holy, there is a battle that goes on every single day. And you know what? Like Eli said, I agree 100%. Being in that battle is a good thing. It's a good sign. And we can live in victory. All right? I love it. Okay, cool. Hey, I got a couple announcements. I'm going to let you guys get to see groups uh, really quick. All right? So um, uh, the first thing I want to do is, hey, if you guys um, have Instagram, follow us on Instagram. Stay connected with us. You can follow us at Calvary Students and keep up with stuff that we're posting throughout the week and stuff like that. All right? Okay. Next Wednesday, we're going to have a fun night together. Next Wednesday is our registration party for one weekend, all right? So I'm going to give you a little goal, okay? So here's the goal. We already have a bunch of people that sign up online. If you've signed up online already, great job, okay? So if you've signed up online already, when you leave today, make sure you go by the welcome desk and pick up your registration confirmation. It's this letter that says, congratulations, you are registered, and has a whole bunch of stuff for you to know since you've registered already, okay? Now, if you are not registered yet, here's the goal, okay? We're going to try to register 50 people next Wednesday night, okay? 50 people next Wednesday night. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll do a special registration night. We're trying to figure out what incentive we want to give you for registering next Wednesday, February 13th. If you've already registered, you, already be, you will be included in that. But we're trying to get you guys all registered by next Wednesday, February the 13th. It's the day before Valentine's Day. I'm excited about that. I love Valentine's Day. I'm not in the I hate Valentine's Day club. I love Valentine's Day, all right? I get to, I have a wife and three daughters. You know what? Valentine's Day is a big deal in my house, and it costs a lot of money. So, woo, go Valentine's Day, right? Okay, so next week. Next Wednesday, we will have a special Valentine's Day edition of Wednesday night. It'll be a lot of fun. Invite a friend. Invite some people to come hang out. It'll be a special night as we think about Valentine's Day and all that goes with it. It'll be a great time. I remember it'll be hard to top last year's, though, because last year, Valentine's Day fell on Wednesday night, and this year it falls on Thursday. All right? Okay, cool. So next week. See you guys next week. Um, uh, I also heard a little bird told me that next um, Monday is uh, somebody's birthday, and well, I just won't say her name. Um, so, is there, are there any other birthdays next week? Lolly, is your birthday too? That's not exactly who I was thinking. I was next Wednesday. Nice, the 13th. Well, your friend behind you named Gabby is on Monday. Okay, all right. So there you go. Another birthday, Karina. What day is yours? Next Wednesday, there you go. You got a birthday buddy? All right, so there you go. It's going to be a special Valentine's Day, all right? Several birthdays. Now, we do have a birthday tonight. Where is he at? Brian Orosadio. Where are you at, Brian? There he is. Come here, Brian. How you doing, man? Hey, turn around. Look at all these people and say, and so they can say happy birthday to you, okay? You never know. Like, one of these girls might be your girlfriend one day, okay? So, happy birthday. Sit down. <laughs> hey, happy birthday, man. When you started in seventh grade, you were like, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper. You're in high school now and almost taller than me. You're growing. I love it, man. Happy birthday. 15th, right? Quinceanero. Ah, hi. All right. Happy for you. All right. Quinceanero. Some of you guys are like, what is that? Okay. All right. So, <laughs> all right. 
I want to show you this next graphic right here. It says, we love our students. Now, here's the deal, okay? I have to tell you something. Uh, you are the first people in our church to see this graphic. The rest of the church will not get to see this until Sunday morning. This graphic that I'm, you guys got it back there? Yeah? There we go. Okay. We love our students. All right. So the rest of the church is going to see this on Sunday morning. And I just like kind of grabbed it because I wanted to show it to you first. All right. Um, so this that you see, that what you see on the screen, we love our students, is this special um, emphasis or project that we're doing from this Sunday till the end of March. And just like the screen says, we are going to try to fundraise to hit $600,000 by March 31st. So we'll tell the church this coming Sunday where we're at. So here's where we're at. We are like right around 420 something thousand dollars, okay? So if you do the math, my estimation is, dun -da -da -da, we need a little bit less, about $200,000. And we're praying, we're just saying, hey, let's just see what God does. If by March 31st, we can get to $600,000. And this emphasis is called, we love our students. I wanted you to see it first. The rest of the church is gonna get to hear about it and see it on Sunday in the morning. Now, there is a question up on the screen. The question is this, how will you serve? Now, here's the thing. Throughout this emphasis, throughout the rest of the month of February and March, we want to get you guys involved in serving in different ways on Sunday morning. We're going to ask some of you to be door holders and greeters and to stand there with real pretty smiles and say good morning to people. We're going to ask you to maybe help um, be ushers and pick up the offering and stuff like that. And so um, Hannah and I, my wife and I, are going to walk around to see groups tonight. And we're going to be like, hey, who wants to volunteer? Because we know that if we just leave a sign-up sheet out in front, like you're not going to, probably not going to sign up. But like we're, if we go up to you and ask. But here's what I want you to think, okay? Can you imagine that our church is trying to show students, teenagers, you, how much they love you by trying to raise about $200,000 in um, a month and a half, okay? That's a lot of money, okay? And that's what they're trying to do, and that's how they're trying to show you guys that they love you and that they believe in you. They believe in young people. And can I just tell you that there are a lot of churches that could care less about teenagers, but this is a church that loves teenagers and young adults, college students, and children as well. And, and I want to ask you, how will you serve then? How will you serve? We're going to ask you to step up and serve the church that loves you. Does that make sense? Yeah? All right. Okay, cool. So you've probably seen um, my wife and I's beautiful face in your C group for a little bit, asking you guys how you guys want to participate in this next month, okay? With that, I'm going to let you guys get to C group. If you're new here and don't know where to go, come see me and I'll help you find a group tonight. We'll see you guys. C group time. Thank <clears throat> you.